0: As I was growing up, um, we used to have we used to have a lot of different we we used to like to celebrate different events, right? So it might be a, a birthday party, a Super Bowl party, an LSU game, something. But there was a lot of times, and I think we do this, a lot of us do this, where we would invite people over to the house, right? And now. It might be, might be for a Saturday, a barbecue, something, you know, different things during, during the course of the year. Every now and then we just kind of get the itch and we're like, you know what, let's have a few people over to enjoy it, just to have a good time. So the invite goes out, people start saying they're coming, it's great. And then, in my family, one of the things that used to happen is, about three hours before the first person was to show up, all of a sudden, there was the cleaning Olympics would start. (laughs) My mother is a gold medal winner in this thing because like it was, I'm running from place to place back and forth, we scrubbing toilets, we're fixing curtains, we're making sure all the fringes on the carpet are straight, like everything had to be perfect in the house. And me and my sister, very simply, had one command, clean your room. Well, like, look, and like, it was usually in passing. So it was like passing by her. Hey, clean your room up and go on. You would swear that nothing was said. (laughs) You would swear that she didn't say a word time and over and over and over. Uh, Then sooner or later, I would start hearing it. And it was, let me finish watching this show. Let me finish this game, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna wrap up real quick, it's not gonna be a problem, and I'm gonna clean up. So it take me five minutes. I got a five by five cell in a shotgun house that I gotta clean, it's not gonna take long, right? But no, 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 it was over and over and over again, keep telling me, keep telling me. Finally, there was yelling, there was screaming, there was crying, there was blood, no, I'm kidding. Um, but sooner or later, like, I'd stop, get up, start to move, and clean the room. But there was a reason why I didn't realize like I thought we were, I thought we were just crazy and that every single time somebody walked in the house, the room, the house had to be like perfect, but there was a reason why. Growing up, I, we lived in a shotgun house, it was a small little wooden house, all the doors were closet doors, like if you walked into our house and there was a room that was messy, it wouldn't close the door and it's the guest room where all the junk is. You could see everything. Like, everything about our house was there and open, and you were going to see it. In reality, the, the funny part is, is like, we wanted to, like, my mom, I think, I love her to death, hey mom, um, I love her to death, but like, I really think one of the things that she was doing was she was making sure that we put our best foot forward, because you can tell a lot by p- person by how clean the house is. Now, some people are probably like, well, I got to go home and clean, but anyway, um, but I think that's what Martha is doing today. In our gospel today, Martha is very simply trying to put her best foot forward. Like, if you really think about it, like, if God was to come to your house today, and you got dishes, and and you need a vacuum, and, like, you need to dust or clean something, you'd probably, like, welcome him, sit him down, and then start working behind his back. Like, making sure that the house was clean, because he kind of surprised you. He just showed up. Right? Like, I think this is something that we all do. We want our house to put our best foot forward. And I think Martha today is showing us something that's not just about our physical house or where we live, but it also tells us something about our heart. That when God comes in, a lot of times we feel like, like, Lord, before you come into my life, I need to put my best foot forward. Before you come into my life, Lord, like, look, I understand you want to come over and, like, come watch the football game with me and, like, dwell in my heart like this. I get it, but, like, why don't you stay a little bit... Why don't you wait outside and let me clean up first? Like, like why, don't, why don't you hold off? Why don't we come next week and, and let me, like, get my stuff in order first? See, I think Martha teaches us something in today's gospel... That it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing for us to want to not have a mess. It's not a bad thing for us not to want to be in order and clean and everything organized and put away in our life, not just in our home. But Mary teaches us the better part. Like it's very interesting that Jesus uses that language because Jesus doesn't say Martha was doing wrong. Jesus says Mary is doing better. And what is Mary doing better? Mary, when she sees Jesus show up, she doesn't worry about the mess. She doesn't worry about how the inside of the house looks. She realizes that God already knows how messed up she is and how much junk she's got lying around. She understands that Jesus, when he comes over to to dwell with her, that he's not judging her by the house around her, but that he's coming to see her. And she can sit and be with him. See, so often I think in our life, before we're going to come to the Lord, before we're going to say, yes, Lord, I'll live your life, I'll do your service, I'll be your disciple in the world, I'll do these different things, like, before I say yes to you, let me fix myself. Let me not have a mess, because look, if, like, you don't understand, I got some garbage, I got some junk that's, that's in, the, in my past or in, in my life or that I deal with, some sin in my life that like, look, Lord, you might say you want to dwell with me, but I don't know if you really do. And the reality is is that God, he does his best work. God doesn't do his best work with our strengths. He does his best work when we let him into our weakness, into our mess, into our junk. God's mercy takes over our life when we let him into our sin. When we allow Jesus to come into our life and dwell with us, regardless of the mess, regardless of the junk, regardless of all the reasons why not, when we let Him in, He starts to fix. He starts to clean and He starts to work. You see, this is what happens in the scriptures. We see this over and over, Old Testament and New. A couple of examples. The first example, we see it with Peter. Peter has weakness. Peter is limited. Peter's got his struggles. Peter got a a, a bad case of foot-in-mouth disease. Where over and over in the scriptures, he says the right thing and immediately does a dumb thing. Matthew 16, he says, you are the Messiah, God with us, the God incarnate, now with us, the Son of God. He recognizes who Jesus is. And six, 10 verses later, he's being called Satan. Because I don't know about that whole crucifixion thing. Peter has a bad tendency to do dumb things with his mouth. He, sa- he, he denies Jesus, says he doesn't know him during his passion. And a couple of chapters later in the Bible, he's given a homily proclaiming who Jesus is, and it converts 5,000 people. One homily, 5,000 converts. See, when we let Jesus into our weakness, he uses it for his good. He brings about his power. He brings about his kingdom and his plan. St. Paul, another example. St. Paul, to say St. Paul was zealous would be a little bit of an understatement. To say that St. Paul was a zealot for what he believed in is a little bit of an understatement. Because St. Paul... He was the persecutor of the church. He was trying to to wipe everybody out to literally make it extinct. He killed the first martyr, Stephen. But that zeal, when the Lord worked in his life in a powerful and miraculous way, that same zeal that had him persecuting the church is the same zeal that made him go out and spread the gospel and grow the church to numbers that had never been believed. Writing half of the New Testament, establishing all these communities around the area, Paul allowed God into his weakness, into his junk, into his limitedness, into his sin, and God worked a miracle. He wasn't trying to be perfect before. I know, my, I know for me, like when I was, when I, when I first got ordained, in the ordination, right, one of the things they do is that the guy who's about to get ordained lays down in the sanctuary on his face, flat on his stomach. And I remember when I laid down that people had told me different things about who, like what you do. Because going on at that time, the rest of the church is praying the litany of saints. They're singing the litany of saints: Saint Michael, pray for us, and Anna pray for us. Right? That's being sung as the guy's laying down his life, literally. And what happens? I was pr- I was laying down, and someone had told me, "Let the church pray for you. You don't pray." So when I lay down, I'm I'm doing my thing. I I kind of I, I relax. I'm at peace. And then all of a sudden, every doubt in my mind that I ever had about priesthood came back. Every doubt that I ever had. You know, celibacy is going to be lonely. You know, like, you, 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 want, to, you want to be out there, but somebody's going to come talk to you, and, and you're not going to know what to say to them. You know, like, it, it's really going to be hard not having your own family. You know, like, I... I don't know if you're you, you really are not going to be able to do this alone. And you're going to be by yourself. As this is like hitting me, I'm, I'm, I'm laying down and I'm freaking out. I'm like, do I need to get up and run out of here? Because this ain't right. Something's wrong. Something's off. And just as I was about to start getting anxious, getting worried, I remember clear as day, there was a, a thought that came into my mind that is from the Holy Spirit guaranteed clear as day, I heard the word, listen. St. Michael, pray for us. St. Matthew, pray for us. The church was singing, saying, we know you can't do it. We know you have your mess. And that's why we're praying to God and the saints and everybody to help you in it. Because the reality is, is I'm limited. <laughs> if, if we got the priesthood of John David McThurn, we got a real big problem. Like, it's the priesthood of Jesus Christ for a reason. And I remember thinking, like, I'm limited. And that means I need to run to the Lord. I need to be rooted in the Lord. Now, that, that, that image may not stick because you, like, look, I'm not a priest, Father. Like, okay, that, that's really nice that Jesus spoke to you at your nation. okay. But every man in here that has a kid knows the day, the first day, the day your son or daughter was born and you held your first child and all of a sudden you went from just being husband to now being dad, that it hit you like a ton of bricks, the reality that was just handed to you. And most dads, I guarantee you in this room, at some point just let out a big sigh and said, Lord, let me not mess this up. Because we come face-to-face in that call, in that mission. Like, moms, you too. I know. Whenever you got your first kid handed to you, it's intimidating. It's scary. Because the reality is, is that we come face-to-face in that moment with how limited we are. With how much mess we have, with with how weak we are, with how small we are. And the beautiful thing is, is that today we hear in the gospel that Jesus wants to meet you in the mess. Jesus wants to meet you in your household, no matter what it looks like. And we don't have to be perfect. Just like to be a good parent, you don't have to be perfect. Just like to be a good priest, thank God, you don't have to be perfect. God calls all of us, before being perfect, to be with him. God calls all of us, before feeling like we need to put our best foot forward or put on a mask to make everybody happy, that the first thing we have to do is run to him and be with him. The whole mission of Jesus on earth was to show that there is zero limit with how far God is willing to go to meet you. Like he's willing and ready to come into our house, come into our lives, come into our hearts whenever we're ready to accept him. Him coming down from heaven to earth and dying for our sins is because He wants to be part of our life. It was, all, it was all about reestablishing a relationship with us. And today as we come to Mass, He does it again. That He steps down from heaven to earth to us on this altar. And we as, as people of God, as people of the new covenant, as men and women who want to be in relationship with the Lord have an opportunity to receive Him Body, blood, soul, and divinity here in communion. Today, we come to the Lord. We come before Him. It doesn't matter if your house is in order. It doesn't matter if it's dusted, if it's cleaned up, if the kids clean their room, which I never did. It doesn't matter if things are straight or messed up. God wants to come into your life in a powerful and real way. And He gives Himself By saying the body of Christ to you. When we come to communion, it's not just an assembly line. It's not just we get our cookie and go home. When we come to communion, it's our opportunity to let God in to my mess. Let him in to my stuff. Let him in to my struggle, my limitedness, my smallness, my addiction, my sin, whatever it is. Let the Lord in. Because that's where he transforms us. That's where he calls us out. That's where he sends us out into the world. That's where his Holy Spirit dwells and changes us. The Lord calls every one of us, even though we're not perfect, all we have to do is be open. All we have to do is choose the better part and desire to sit at his feet and be with him.